Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. I, I think that where the, the major leap with the Knicks is going to come is if they are ever able to get one of those superstars to shake free. I don't look at the Knicks as being on some kind of championship track. So this year, they have to show that last year was legitimate, that they are that kind of team. But this year is going to tell you a lot. It's going to tell you a lot about the talent that you have, and it's going to tell you a lot about the coach because at some point you're going to have to, to have that conversation of whether or not you're going to be um, signing Tom Thibodeau to uh, a new extension. And this team is kind of built around tips. This is the Gordon Damer Show. On 98.7 ESPN. You know, just to kind of continue on with the uh, the point I was making about uh, Soto, look, it would be great to have him. Do I think that that has any chance of happening? Absolutely not. The Yankees are not breaking the bank to do anything. And what's the number? $170 million they have in like six guys? So, look, they'll make moves. They have some some money freed up. I'm sure that they will... Uh, try to make improvements, whether or not they are actually improvements <laughs> remains to be seen. Last couple of years, Brian Cashman's made some moves. Uh, they've not necessarily been improvements. But this idea or this narrative that, oh, the pressure's on, they're going to do, they're going to have to do something big like a wants No, why? They just had their worst season in 30 years. Not, not debatable. It's their worst season in 30 years. And nobody significant is going anywhere. So what pressure is there to do anything? Nobody's job's on the line. They're going, they, they think that they got the, the perfect plan. Everything's great. Don't have to make any major swings or major moves. And I don't really think that they have that much um, operating room to do so. Certainly not to go and add another big-time contract in, in Juan Soto. I, I mean, how many more of those guys can you have? Even for the Yankees, who are not necessarily operating like the Yankees anymore. Liv is on Long Island. Liv, what's going on? Hi, hey, Darren. I'm good. You know, I was listening to you talk about, you know, hoping you, that you would get Juan Soto. Hoping you, not that it would happen. But I just thought to myself, is this like we're doing the same thing over and over again with these big names, big contracts, and expecting them to perform. And in my opinion, anyone that comes to New York and doesn't perform the first day is then crucified. And then they eat, you know, their uh, self-confidence goes. And we saw it all the time in the last, you know, like Zach Wilson. And so what do you think? Uh, well, look, uh, and thanks for the phone call, Liv. Paying somebody big money and hoping that they will perform like a big money superstar, uh, yeah, that's a mistake. Uh, but Juan Soto, like you can come up with whatever list of people that have been acquired. There's very few that have been acquired that have flopped. Juan Soto is not in that list. He Again, he is on a track of Hall of Fame worthy. He's like Ted Williams with what he's done, and he's 25 years old. Now, you might make the argument, is, is it worth it if you're operating within a budget and you're going to pay another guy, what, $30 million, $40 million a season uh, long term? Are, are you going to go out and get that guy for just one year and not pay him long? You know, th- there's conversation to be had. But just whether or not Juan Soto is a guy to go get, yeah, no, that's, that's the guy you move heaven and earth for. And I said that at the time. 
I, I didn't care about what Yankee prospects. And look, Volpe had a nice season. Uh, Dominguez looks like he might be a, a good player when he gets back and gets healthy. It's very unlikely that either of those guys are going to be the offensive juggernaut that, that Juan Soto is. And, and you're kind of a, a win-now team with, with, with Judge and with, with Cole. And with Cashman, those are the kind of move like getting the, the real superstar, the no-doubt-about-it guy, that's not so much of a, of a trouble spot. It's identifying the value of undervalued players. That's where, where his real judgment comes in. That's where he's had the, the stumbling. But I don't think anybody can argue that Juan Soto is sensational and an all-star and would be a massive improvement to a Yankee offense that was dreadful last year dreadful Rodney is in the Bronx Rodney what's going on hey Gordon uh it's a pleasure to talk to you again actually we go way back back when Max used to have his show I remember he had a party Max one Kellerman, time of course, you yes. and I hit it off mm-hmm. you and I hit it off um we were talking about GTA 4 at the time and right. how we were obsessed long with long time it. ago you were awesome, and you were so kind, and I, I never forgot that. You know, so thank you for for being kind. I appreciate man. that, Rodney. Thank you for the nice words. Uh, you know, just piggybacking off of the Soto thing, um, I think the Yankees need to do everything they can to get Soto. They, I feel like they can ill afford to go into next season without having him in the lineup, because like I was telling the screener, I was like, if they don't get Soto, Hal and Cashin are gonna get booed like hellfire. Like in that scene in 300 when the arrows came and blocked out the sun, that's what's going to happen. They cannot go in with Bellinger because I feel like, you know, and again, Screener said a great, made great points. He was a former rookie of the year, former MVP. That was a long time ago. He went through a serious slump. And to sign Bellinger off of the year he had and pay him all that money, are you really worth, is that worth the risk knowing the history he has had with the slump he went on. You know who hasn't gone on a slump? Juan Soto. And Juan Soto's worst year is the is, is, is the year that any other player, including Bellinger, wish they had. They need to do whatever they have to to get Juan Soto. Could you imagine Judge and then Juan Soto batting behind him? Pitchers wouldn't be able to know what to do with that situation. Yeah. You know? Uh, Rodney, I feel like I, it's something I, that Look, I completely agree with you, and, and thanks for the phone call. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I would not, I would not, I would not be getting my, my hopes up there. Um, and, and here's the thing as a Yankee fan. And I think a lot of Yankee fans are disgruntled with um, Brian Cashman. I, I don't trust his judgment. That's really what it comes down to. So I want, I w- I would like to see moves where there's no real judgment involved and, and acquiring Juan Soto, a player like that without knowing what exactly you'd have to give up. That doesn't really require much uh, judgment because we know what kind of player he is. He is at the top of the line. I mean, the the, the dude is an offensive juggernaut. He's got an elite batting eye at Yankee Stadium. He would be sensational. He he, he basically plays every single game. Now, does he have flaws? Yeah, he's not a great fielder. He doesn't have great foot speed. So those are things that generally project down the line. But down the line, he's 25. That's... Age is the, the biggest factor when you're talking about projecting forward, right? You don't want to be signing free agents in their 30s. You want to be signing guys 26, 27, 28, and he's only going to be 25 next season. So, look, it would be great. It would fix a lot of the ills of the Yankees. Never going to happen. <laughs> 
We spent a lot of time today focusing on things that have absolutely no chance of happening. Joel Embiid to the Knicks, Juan Soto to the Yankees. Good times. Speaking of things that are never going to happen, am I ever going to have another winning week on NFL picks? They have been dreadful this season. Last week, just one and one. And I have to appeal, like I looked for help with the Giants and haven't gotten it so far. I, I think we have to, as a show with Harvey and Joe, we have to put some guardrails on the season. Now, I don't know how we're going to do this. I have my magic eight ball here. Maybe that has to be, uh, I have to ask whether or not this is a game I should go with. Maybe Joe and Harvey get veto picks because I know Joe has said in the past, I didn't like this pick. I didn't like that pick. I don't know what has to happen. But something, we have to change something. I can't say if I don't have a winning week this week, I'm going to retire because clearly other people in the industry, they've, they've ruined that now. But something ha- there has to be some kind of guardrail for these NFL picks. Last week, we were one and one. So maybe we'll, we'll, I got two picks this week. We'll see if this is the week we finally turn things around. I don't even remember. I think we've gotten, what, eight and 14 on the season. It's been dreadful been absolutely dreadful but let's get to our picks for week number eight do we have some some nfl music there harvey you find any of those buttons that you want to just push there it is well look we opened the show with it it's my go-to this week i'm trying to compartmentalize week in and week out i've cut it down from three picks and four picks to, to one and two Still can't get things turned around. Last week, one and one, so at least it wasn't a losing week. Maybe that's the the start of things. First game, I liked it even before, I think I put money on this, even before week seven was complete. It's Jets, it's Giants, Jets minus three, and we talked about it in the open. Sometimes you have to bottom line. Sometimes you have to have a stone-cold Steve Austin approach to things. That's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Bottom line, there is no reason that the Jets don't win this game. The Jets are the better team. The Jets have more to play for. And if you are touting your team and your talent and things are getting turned around and this is a new day and you're not the same old Jets, well, then you can't do the same old things. And what the same old Jets would do would be feeling good about where they're at at the season, feeling good after your your biggest win in a very long time, and then going out after the bye week and just laying a complete egg. So they can't do that. If you're truly a contender, you cannot lose to the Giants. You can't lose at home to the Giants. You can't lose on the road to the Giants. You can't lose on the moon to the Giants. Now, are there things that concern me? Yeah. Three doesn't sound like a lot, but I think that this is probably going to be a a low-scoring game in bad weather with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. And that's another thing. Like, we talked about the defense. You can't go out there and lay an egg against this Giants. I'm sorry. If you go out there and allow the Giants offense to score, I don't know, 17, 20 points... I'm sorry, you're just not as big a defense as you'd like to make it out to be. You should be able to go out there and just absolutely dominate this performance. You're playing against a backup quarterback behind 
I, I don't know what the, the, the numbers say, but my eyes say one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen in my life. Now, has it gotten a little bit better? Yeah, it's gotten a little bit better, but it's not good. Just because you're saying it's a little bit, it's a little bit better from not NFL worthy. I, I, I don't know that what, what other way to put it. I, I mean, they were a, a catastrophe at the beginning of the season. That, that Seahawk performance, the Cowboy performance. I mean, it was they were a laughing stock. So it's better than a laughing stock, but it's still not good. So if the Giants' defense is truly, or excuse me, the Jets' defense is this great defense that embarrasses quarterbacks left and right, like the, the coach is saying. Go show it. Show me. Let me see it. Where I can't even dispute it. I can't even debate it. There's no reason why you should not be able to do that. And then on the other side of things, for Zach Wilson, like what the Giant defense has played better. And I'm not asking Zach Wilson to do a whole lot here, but he can't go out there and blow up this game. If you want to show me, it feels like that there's been a narrative, even after the, the Chief game was different. But even after that Chief game, it feels like people are saying, oh, see, Zach Wilson's still... That performance was different than the other performances. Yes, he has not blown up the game. He's not turned the ball over. But he's not been as good in the following games as he was in the Chief game. So this is a week. This is an opponent that you can show me a little bit more. Not only not blow up the game, you have to be pretty good. You have to be functional. You got to be able to go out there and, and lead the offense. It can't be that the defense is turning the ball over four and five times a game. The quarterback has to be a big part of that. So let me see. Go do it. It's right there in front of you. There, again, no reason why the Jets don't win this game. Give me the Jets minus the three. I was looking at other games, but with as Now, look, Joe Harvey, uh, do you want to use a veto pick on that? Well, I think you already said that, you, that you're not picking the Jets for the rest of the year. So it's kind of interesting that you went with the Jets. It's also, I think this is a happiness head for you. How so? Because well, the they, Jets could win by two and I lose the bet. That's true. That's true. I but play, do, you, do you have a problem with this? Do you, if, you, if I gave I, you one, um, one veto. No, I don't have a problem with this. I have a major problem with it. What are we doing with the veto picks now? Well, look, I need guard rep. Clearly, my, much like Brian Cashman, my judgment cannot be trusted. But... It's a, it's a sports talk show, so I still have to pick games, and there's the possibility. At some point, I'm going to get this thing turned around. I don't know when. It might be too late to save it. We're in week eight, aren't we? Yes. And we need Garros in, e- in week eight? Well, here's the thing. When, when things go wrong, the best thing to do in life is have someone to blame. So if I give you guys veto power and I get it wrong, well, then I've still nothing has changed. But if I give you veto power and you change my mind and I've gotten it right, well, then I can blame you. I like the logic there, but unlike the Giants season, the picks are still – there's the, still picks to be saved. The picks are the picks. There's still time for pick, for your picks and your judgment It's been pretty consistent. Yeah, I, it's been pretty consistent throughout – like at this – it's not week one or week two. Like there's always a, a feeling out process in the NFL. Week one and week two, that's kind of – but now you've gotten some evidence of who these teams are. And uh, I have not, I've not picked up the scent. I have not, I, I've not gotten any better. It's been pretty consistent throughout the year. So this, th- it's like if you're using something around the house. Like I, I, I'm a big believer. Like when I use my tape measure, I like to put my tape measure on a random shelf when I'm done using it, and not back where it belongs. This way, when I go and look for it the next time, I can yell at people in my house. 
about moving my things and touching my stuff. This way, at least I have somebody else to blame. That ma- does that make sense? No, probably not. All right, so do, what happened to the NFL music? Are we, are we done I was with just that? waiting for this glorious analogy you were coming up with. All right. Tape. Can we, can, we, uh, can we get back to the music here? All right. I didn't say you could veto the, the, the NFL music. I didn't say that. All right, so the pick, pick one, give me the Jets, minus the three. What could possibly go wrong? Pick number two. I went through a bunch of games. Could, again, compartmentalize. When, when things are down, you have to just stick with what you know. And what I know is the Lions are a lot better than the Raiders. And sometimes when, when you're going wrong and things are going wrong in life, you have to make decisions that you can live with if it goes wrong again. And I'll be honest with you, Lions-Raiders, Monday Night Football, Detroit, minus 7.5. If that goes wrong, I'll live with it. Because the Lions are much better than the Raiders. That much I know. And the Lions are coming off as, I mean, last week. Oh, my God. Thank God I didn't pick them last week. They were down 28-0 before they even got a first down. Jimmy Garoppolo will play. I don't know how much of a difference that makes. I think the Lions have a talent edge. I think the Lions have a coaching edge. And I think the Lions have a quarterback edge. So it was an 8.5. It's down to 7.5. Give me Detroit. Minus the seven and a half. And those are your picks for week eight in the NFL. What could possibly go wrong? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up. Last week was a very good week for that guy. You know what guy. Everybody's got that guy in their life. Conspiracy guy. Last week in the NFL was a great week for conspiracy guy. I'll explain why. Next. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ooh, I like this. Feels very newsy. This is the GTA 4 theme. Interesting. Doesn't sound uh, familiar. Which is a real shame because that caller and you had like a bonding moment. We did have a bond. I mean, how could you not? If you're somebody who didn't like the GTA series... I mean, what are you doing with your life? The one fact the, that I've done anything with my life after that game is the amazing. fact the fact that we've had GTA San Andreas and mm-hmm. GTA three mm-hmm. and Vice City all remastered, but not four is a crime. Interesting. Interesting take. I'm just waiting for the next one. They've they've been they've been working on that a very long time. I think we're all right. Really? You, you don't need a new GTA in your life? I, I need all the GTA I can get in life. I think we waited five years between four and five. Oh, it's been more than that now. It's been like a decade. I know, but I mean, five is still being played up the wazoo. Five oh, is I, good, but I think it's time. It's it's right about that time. San Andreas is the peak to me. Yes, it is. That was the best. Absolute peak. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they'll ever get over that. And, and look, the graphics, I'm sure whenever they come out with a new one, uh, maybe it's before I'm, I'm retired. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I'm sure the graphics will be great and the storyline will be great. But like, come on, guys, let's get let's get it done. It's time to make a new billion dollars, isn't it? Isn't it time? I think it is. Speaking of, I, I did not check the uh, the uh, the the Magic Eight Ball for the the picks this week. Uh, I said uh, what was I had Jets minus three Magic Eight Ball. Am I going to be right on the Jets? Minus three. I'll shake it up here. I don't know if you can hear that or not. 
Better not tell you now. Ooh, that's that is that's not what you're looking for there. As a manager in this town once said, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. Speaking of, before we get back to the phones, I, as a person, am not a big conspiracy guy. I don't believe that the earth is flat. I don't believe that the moon landing was fake. I, I'm not a uh, I'm not somebody who's uh, looking for Bigfoot. Or I don't think that aliens built Stonehenge. Uh, I'm not big on the mattress firm being a money laundering operation or reptilian overlords. Actually, that last reptilian overlords, I could say. Basically, I don't believe that NFL. I'm not one of those people that thinks that NFL games are fixed when your bets, they, the, the bets don't go your way. But if you are and everybody has that person they know that thinks that NFL games or sports are fixed. If you are that person, last week in the NFL was your Woodstock, man. Oh, my, the, the amount of evidence that you could pull to, to state your case from the Kenny Pickett spot on fourth down that was clearly short, was clearly wrong. You have these billion-dollar organizations. You have this, the, the, the refs on the field, video on the field, the, 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 the people back in New York to check the— was wrong, was 100% wrong. That was the kind of call that, remember the Jets had that play with Vinny Testaverde where he was cl- it was against Seattle and it was clearly short and they, they rolled it a, a touchdown and that kind of spurred video replay back into the NFL? That call might not have been as bad as the one last week where they did have video replay. So the Kenny Pickett spot, that was atrocious. The Browns getting that pass interference call on an uncatchable ball, that was outrageous. The Patriots on their final drive, this one didn't get nearly as much attention, but they had one play to uh, uh, Stevenson where they had illegal blockers like six yards down the field. Nothing called, nothing. The Bijan Robinson stuff where he's held out all game and then all of a sudden comes in for one carry. And then, of course, there's Sunday night where the Eagles... Zero penalties. Zero. I, I feel like that bears uh, mention. Zero. Not a single penalty? Not one. Well, actually, there were because I could see them on my couch. But yet the officials in the, at the game, nothing. Nothing. Dolphins, 10 penalties. Eagles, none. Now, am I saying that that decided the game? No. But it might have. And those are just the games I saw. Now, I'm of the belief that NFL officiating is bad. I watch games every single week, and they screw up things every single week. But it's not going to be like all you're going to hear is more and more people yelling and screaming that NFL games are fixed when the officiating is as bad as it is consistently. Like that's four or five games just from last week where obvious calls were not made or were made completely incorrect, and I could see that on my couch thousands of miles from the games. Now, I know that the reason why that happened is just because the officiating is bad. But when you have this much riding week in and week out on these games, betting-wise, most people are going to think, yeah, something's not right. When you can get things, and these are not judgment calls. These are not calls where, ah, it could go this way, it could go that way. There's there's way too much time spent on getting the call 100% right when there's not evidence to get the call 100% right. I'm not asking for that. But on clearly wrong calls, that Kenny Pickett spot, clearly wrong. 
the, the, the Dolphins with the, the face mask on the sideline or the guy getting tackled by the neck or the, the roughing the passer. Ten calls one way, zero the other way. I'm not one of those guys, but if you are one of those guys, I can see why you're one of those guys. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. But let's get back to the phone, shall we? Let's bang through some of these phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Uh, Jets, Giants on the table. The officiating on the table. The Knicks on the table. It's all on the table. Let's knock it off the table. Let's go to uh, Abe is in Brooklyn. Abe, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, Abe. What's going on? Uh, nothing. I had a question and just wanted to pick your brain on this. Uh, I know the NFL introduced that eye in the sky concept, I think last year, where they just instantly buzzed down to the refs if they made the right call or the incorrect call. Why isn't that used more often? Why don't we, like, we have the access to instant replay instantly, and we have so many angles and measures. Like, why don't we just have a ref in each game, one additional ref in the booth up in the same stadium, and as soon as a call is made, you know, they can connect to the main reps and be like, that was wrong, that was right, and just move on. Like, why are we, Why are we? Are we like, aff- like afraid of offending these referees if they make a wrong call? It's okay. We, ha- we have access to unbelievable camera angles, and we're able to tell in, like, two seconds. So I- I'll hang up and-, and hear your thoughts on this. Well, Abe, I'll say this, and thanks for the phone call. I-, I don't think you need any more people involved, that's for sure. You have more than enough people, and you have more than enough resources and access and all these type of things, and I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, asking for perfectly officiated games. I am a b- big believer, if you go to replay, you get one minute to look at it. If you can't tell in a minute by looking at the replay, it's not egregious, move on. So I'm not someone who's saying every single call has to be right. But what was replay always intended for? To fix the egregious call. And they have now the, the I don't know what they call it, the data center in New York or the, the headquarters in New York that's always looking at every single game. And they got a, probably a thousand people there as well having their input. For there to be five or six egregiously bad calls last week alone, the one that, that has to be galling enough is the, the Pittsburgh and the Ram game. Because that decided the game. That, that, that fundamentally decided the game, and it was crystal clear. If I can see it on my couch, in my basement, in my pajamas, maybe too much information. If I can see it in my couch, in my basement, then I think the NFL powers that be should be able to relay a message, be it text message, I don't know, well, however you get, get the message there, any way you got to get it there, get it there. Because that was outrageous. The, the, calls, the, the calls that were made in the Dolphins-Eagles game, the ones that were not made in that game, um, the, 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 the Browns game against the Colts. I, I mean, there was four or five, and that's just the games I've seen. I don't even have Sunday ticket this year. So I'm sure there were other plays and other games that I didn't witness that were also egregiously bad. Just fix the most basic, fundamental, obvious blown calls. Can we start there? Can we start there? Subi's in Midtown. Subi, go. So, chime in. I wanted to chime in on Julius Randle. He was talking about developing a low post game and even in the paint. And what I've been trying to say is there's nothing wrong with Julius Randle's game to begin with. And it showed last night. It was a pretty much a three-point contest last night. 
And Julius Randle, strong point is a three-point shot. So why should he go back to this low-point game where the whole game last night, Atlanta versus the Knicks, was like a three-point shootout and fast-paced. You can't really develop a low-post game when it's like a shootout. You know what I mean? That's all I'm going to try to say. All right. Well, I haven't really heard him say that as much as he just has wanted to be more efficient this year. And and clearly, it's two games. Um, That has not happened. Uh, He really struggled shooting last night but credit to him he became much more of a facilitator last night i think he had seven eight assists he had a bunch of rebounds he was doing other things um i don't have i'm not one of these people that has a huge problem with regular season randall regular season randall's fine it's the postseason randall that's the problem richard is in manhattan richard go yes richard i'm here i'm here richard what you got i'm sorry good i'm sorry i'm pressing the wrong button i'm here good uh the Knicks do not have the best starting five in NBA right now. You, you would agree, correct? I would agree, yeah. I think most people would agree, yes. Six, seven, and eight, Hart, DiFazenzo, and quickly, mm-hmm. I think may be the best six, seven, and eight guys collectively, those three guys. And if they get performances like they got last night out of those three guys, they're going to be very tough. They're eight, nine, nine guys. Hart and Steen is the fourth off the bench. And those nine guys may be you know, the best in the NBA. And if they play good like this, we'll be okay. Uh, baseball yesterday, who needs the ghost runner, right? Yesterday, last night, yep. that was exciting. That was Kirk Gibson, like, twice. Absolutely. Simeon and uh, Garcia. That was unbelievable. That was a great game. Well, say it again? Go Seeger. Corey Seeger, the home run. Corey Seeger, right. Yes. Seeger hit the home run in the night. Right. Yeah. And then uh, that's uh, Garcia. That was unbelievable. Exciting. You know, you know, the Mets won 75 games. Mm-hmm. Arizona 184. You mean to tell me if we didn't keep Scherzer, Verlander, Robertson, we might not have done something? Got close to 84? I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, we I, should I, close I, it. Yeah, wait, wait, I'm not asking you yes for sure. Maybe. Yeah. And then to close this up, the last game I watched for the Mets was that Friday night, July 24th. I'm very specific here. Scherzer went seven innings, gave up two runs. And he was traded the next day. Robertson was traded the day before, and Verlander went the next day after. I said, if the Mets are giving up, I'm giving up. I didn't watch a game after that. Uh, yeah. As far as I, football- so I don't think, you know, sometimes we look at teams, and Richard, thanks for the phone call. I, we see teams, and we think that there are lessons to always be learned from every championship or division winner. Sometimes there's not lessons to be learned. Like, sometimes you shouldn't be using the model. And, and maybe the Diamondbacks come back and win this World Series, and if they do... I'm sure a lot of the takeaways will be, well, they only won 84 regular season games. I don't know that that should be the model. I think what they have this year is special, and I don't know that you should be looking to kind of duplicate that. Sometimes it's just a special year, and it's been special so far, and and who knows? Maybe they still have a chance to to come back and, and overcome last night, but sometimes there's not lessons to be learned. Sometimes, even though copycat leagues, it's not to be copied. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. A hungry Damer is never full. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Where he answers the unanswerable. Gotta do something with my hands. I gotta get busy. No algorithm can defeat the GD. These are Gordon Damer's leftovers. All right, so uh, a lot of things to run down. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Last week we were talking about horror movies, uh, and I saw that list uh, proven by science, the scariest movies of all time. So I I tried to run through uh, as many of them as I could. 
I saw a movie called Insidious, which I think was number three or four on the list. I saw The Conjuring. I also watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I made it halfway through that one and then realized, oh, I've already seen this before. So I crossed that one off the list. I saw, I'm watching right now, Sinister. Basically, the takeaway from all of this is, if you have not seen the movie Hereditary, go watch that. It's so much better. Now, I will say The Conjuring had some decent scares. There were a couple of moments there. Oh, that, that was good. Good job there. Nice. But it kind of falls apart in the end. The movie Insidious, I don't even know what was supposed to be scary. It was terrible. The fact that that was as high up on that list, I don't know what people are talking about. And I feel like that's been a theme a lot during the show today. Like, I just don't know what people are talking about. That movie was not a good movie. It was not a scary movie. It was paint by numbers dreck. So avoid that one. I would say if you're going to go see one, uh, this weekend, you want like a little scary movie pre-Halloween. Hereditary is absolutely the one to go with. All right. So now for the leftovers for today, there was a popular TikTok. And I want to ask Harvey and Joe this. There's a guy from, I think it's LA. He's from the West Coast. He's in New York City. He goes to a bagel shop in New York City. And his order is he wanted a scooped out gluten-free bagel. And the guy behind the counter says, I'm not doing that. And I, I guess essentially kind of kicks him out of the store. He tells him he's not doing that. So my question to you is, who's right, who's wrong? It Was the, the bagel store guy correct by not giving the customer what they want? Or is, is it that the customer's always right? Who do you think is right in that scenario? I saw this. I saw this yesterday, and I am 100% with the, the store guy. Mm-hmm. You curse that guy out, you kick him out, and you tell him to eat dirt. How right. dare you? Right. I saw that, by the way. A scooped out bagel where it looks like it is horrendous. 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 Uh, Joe, are, are you on the same? Are we all in agreement here? I'm a little. Uh-oh. Yes. I think we, we all are. I what? think we all are. Uh-huh. The only thing that I will have to say about this is because uh-huh. a lot of people do this, and I just I have my guard up. Are we sure it was fake? Like, are we sure that uh, well, was look, real? Well, look, I'm going I'm to. I, I would like to not, uh, you know, think that of people that the. But I, I'm sure that that probably does take place. But just in this scenario, let's just say that this is real. That this really happened. You're on, you're on the same page. The, the, the person asking for a scooped out glue. I don't even know what that is. That's not a bagel anymore. A scooped out. Maybe you just don't like bagels. Like it's when people go to like coffee shops and they have to have this thing put in it and that thing put in it. Maybe you just don't like coffee. That's fine. You don't have to like coffee. Get something else. If you need whipped cream and sugar and caramel and this thing and that thing. That guy absolutely should be kicked out of the store and banned for life. I think that there's no punishment that's strong enough if you go in and you ask for a scoop. Even a scooped out bagel, that defeats the part of the bagel. Forget everything you've said before just now. This is your best take ever. All right. I'm going to read you. We're all in agreement there. There's no vetoing of this, right? I'm going to read you a mini passage from Mm Healthline.com. A scooped bagel is a bagel that has had most of the bread on the inside removed. Some people believe that scooping out the inside part of bagels makes them healthier and supports weight loss. Others enjoy using scoop bagels for sandwiches to hold more fillings and be easier to eat. 
No. Just don't no. have a bagel. Don't, don't have, have a bagel. bagel. Exactly. Go get something else. And I, if, you I don't want, if you're that out, conscious of your weight that you're scooping out the inside, eat the bagel. No, you, but you, we're all going to die. Eat the bagel, you idiot. Eat the donut. Eat the bagel. Have it once in a while. You don't have to go watch. I'm not saying eat it every day, but when you have a bagel, actually eat a bagel. Scooping it out and gluten-free. Get out of here. Why? Why can't you scoop it out yourself? Just order. I don't. I have no problem no. with you ordering the gluten-free bagel. I, scoop it out yourself. See, th- and this is where I come from. Even if that's something that I wanted, I would. I would be too ashamed to announce that to people. Hey, can I have a scoop? Announcing that in front, the, the judgment that would come, and rightfully so, rightful judgment coming down would allow me. You know, we have as a society made shame. A bad th- sometimes shame is warranted. No approach is right all the time. Sometimes shame is warranted. And if you're going into a bagel store and asking for the bagel to be scooped, you deserve to be shamed. You right. should you should pay more honestly for having that guy have to put you know the work what? In for Good that. point. I wouldn't want to encourage it, but yes, you should pay seven times as much for the scoop for just even mentioning it. You should be have to pay like twice just to get out of the store. Good point, Harvey. All right, you guys have anything for the leftovers today? I think that's it. I think what we just said. Okay. Was the best I think Joe that. might have something. Sure. I have one thing that cannot be – that we cannot leave this show without. Can we put okay. a chip in the football to get the first down markers? We've done the it The NFL in tennis. doesn't have enough money. Oh, no? Not, no. Uh, tens of billions of dollars is right. not, not enough money I mean, to right, put exactly. a chip. I know the point's been made before, and, and it's, it's the right point. We're still measuring things with chains and two sticks. I mean, really? That's how we're doing it? And look at the ch- look at who's running the chain crew. It's 80-year-old <laughs> men who need readers to see where the ball is marked in the first place. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Tennis like, has been doing this, this is for how 15 we're, years. Right. Absolutely. You watch a tennis match, not that I do it often, immediately, hey, I think that ball was out. I think that ball was in. Boom, they put it right up on the screen. Ball, where did the ball? Bang, right there. It's on a grid. Perfect. They got it perfect every single time you see it. And it doesn't take five minutes to do that. No. It happens in real time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Roger Goodell just got re-upped for the NFL commissioner. The only thing I want in his next tenure as, as the commissioner, put a chip in the football, please. But where do you put the chip in the football? Do you put it in the nose of the football? Do you put it in, like, under the laces? Put it under the laces. If you could put a chip in a tennis ball and not have a divot in the tennis ball, you could put a chip underneath they the put laces. A chip? Is that how they do it? They don't think they put a chip in the tennis ball, though. I think it's just, like, video technology. Drones. Put it, or, I, don't know how, I don't know how it works, but put make chips it work. Every, put them in the field. We want to rip up the, the turf anyway. Put the, put the chips in the grass Something. There's, every there's 10 gonna, yards. You, you, look, Come on. I, I, I'm a big idea guy. I'm not so much nitty gritty. I'm the big ideas. My wife is the the technical person. So I don't know how you technically do it, but you're right. There's got to be a way to do it. We can't, I mean, we're, we're judging things by a guy running in from this. I think the ball landed. There's bodies on top of bodies. How are you telling where the ball landed? The wind? And clearly they didn't even do that right. Amazing. I think that this has been a sensational show. I feel like this has been one of our best, and we've done a lot of great Saturday shows, but this one, I think this one's going to last for a long time. We've handled the Knicks. We've handled the Jets and Giants. We've tackled bagels. We've tackled Grand Theft Auto. We've done it all. I don't know what, what could possibly be left to talk about. I'm not sure. But if you didn't hit us up on the phone, certainly 
You can get us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can hit us up on uh, TikTok, another sensational round of what I learned on TikTok this week at Old Man Radio. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to all the callers as well. Coming up next, it is Anita Marks, and it's only here on 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. Eat the bagel, you idiot.